So I have a lot of people that talk to me about draft pick trading and should you trade up in your draft? Should you, in a dynasty startup, trade away your third and fourth rounder to get a, a high second or a bottom of the first? Let's talk a little bit about draft pick trading and trading in general, especially in regards to startup drafts. Let's go. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. Okay, let's first start off with draft pick trading in general, and then we'll get into dynasty and and different um, topics relating to dynasty startups and other ways of trading. But draft pick trading in general, I tend to like to come out of my draft with three top 15 overall players, preferably three top 12 overall players. And that sounds crazy, I think, to a lot of people that don't do a lot of trading. The casual trader is going to be like, how the hell do you do that? And, And you can't pull it off in every league, know that. And if you're only playing in one league, out there and you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what he, he, you can't do that. It's because you only have experience playing in one league. Your league might not be uh, a a group of big trading type players or owners. So yeah, it's not going to work in every scenario. And the more leagues you do, the more likely you're going to run into good trade leagues, you know, where you can trade a ton and, and really do whatever you want. But I find myself building the best teams and this works for me. It might not work for you. But I find myself building the best teams in leagues where I sacrifice a lot of depth in the, you know, fifth and sixth and seventh and even fourth round in some cases and and getting an extra big gun to go along with my already first and second round picks. Uh, and, And oftentimes I'll even trade the second round up or I'll try and get three first rounders. And you can do that. It's not crazy. It's possible. I do it all the time. I do it every year. I've done it every year for freaking 20-something years. It's kind of funny when I run into people in the comments of my videos and posts that tell me it can't be done. It's literally one of the most frustrating things I encounter because I've been doing it for 20-plus years. I've been in the business for 16 straight, uh, but I've been playing fantasy football for well over 20 years. But in my 16 professional years... I've been doing it every single year, documenting it, showing it. So it is very frustrating to get told, you can't do that, Smitty. That wouldn't, I can't see that happening. Like watch my expert leagues, follow me. I talk about my expert leagues in my drafts on sleeperu.com. So I invite you to come check it out uh, if you doubt this. Now, if you've done this before or you followed me for a while, then you've probably taken advantage of draft pick trading and, and utilized a lot of these um, techniques and, and made yourself, you know, uh, a huge monster of a team and won uh, probably a couple championships doing this. Because if you land your sleepers at all, and you of course, you know, don't get hit by huge injuries with the top guns that you take, which could happen. This strategy doesn't—it's not fail-proof. If you trade for three top 15 players and two of them get hurt or even one of them, or let's say Barkley's one of them, Barkley got hurt, you know, you might be done. And that's just the nature of of stacking your talent into, you know, three players versus spreading it out and diluting the, the firepower within four or five players. That's just the nature. But I find myself walking out of my draft completely pumped and feeling like no one's going to touch me in 2020. That's how I'm going to feel in 2020 when I walk out of a draft with, you know, three top 12 overall players. Now, if you get handed the 1.01 or 1.02 
or 1.03, maybe 1.04 even if you want to throw Zeke Elliott in there, Cook in there. But I, I tend to, at least for right now, especially with Cook threatening to hold out, a little bit of injury risk with Cook. I love Cook, don't get me wrong. No one liked Cook more than I did heading into 2019. He's in my intro video in every single video I did in 2019, calling him a top five running back in my intro video, which would not have ended well had he not delivered. But that doesn't mean that I don't have some concerns about calling him Barkley-like or McCaffrey-like for 2020. So when I talk about the three-headed monster, the two-headed monster, acquiring two of the top three running backs, it really does end with Zeke, McCaffrey, and Elliott. I think past those three, you're dipping into some big-time monster stud running backs, but I don't think they have the firepower of the top three. I don't think Henry does. I don't think Kamara does. I love Kamara this year. Kamara's a value first-round grab in 2020, but they just don't fit the bill for the two- and three-headed monster, in my opinion, if you're going to define an approach around the two- or three-headed monster. So um, I get sidetracked. I'm sorry. I was trying to say that if you get handed the first or second overall pick, and you start off with Barkley or McCaffrey or Zeke Elliott trading into a powerhouse, you know, three of the top 12 overall picks is a little bit easier task, in my opinion. So what you do is trade your second, potentially, and your fifth to get another, you know, hopefully top two to five pick. Second and fifth, second and six if you can, but second and fifth will work. I would do that. Some will say, you can't do that, Smitty. No one in my league within their right mind would trade the second or third overall pick. Are you crazy? And then I'll get a couple DMs or comments where people say, you're getting rid of too much depth, Smitty. Getting rid of your entire fifth rounder just to move up your second round pick. There's still a lot of good talent in the second round, Smitty. Like, if those comment, those diverse comments alone don't prove that it's possible, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Because in the same video, I have comments, people telling me it can't happen, and comments of people telling me it's giving up too much. So you tell me how it's not proven right in the comments that this is possible stuff. It's funny. Again, back to how it bothers me when people think that you can't do this stuff. Anyway, go, if you get the one or two pick, it's the best opportunity for you to try and get that two or three headed monster type of look. Even if let's say you don't get another Elliott or McCaffrey and you drop Barkley, let's say, and you're handed that pick, the top two pick. You grab Barkley, you don't get Elliott, you don't get McCaffrey. Let's say you don't even get Cook, but someone's willing to give you the number six overall pick or whatever. Um, my favorite approach is to give up my uh, third, fourth, and, and six or something like that for that pick. Uh, I don't like giving up the second as much I like giving up my second rounder when I do go after that one, two, or three overall pick. But when we're talking the sixth overall pick or seventh overall pick, when you think about it, guys, your second rounder could rival that pick. If Mike Evans falls to your second round pick, then you're looking at a guy that's capable at least of getting close to Mike Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins. So my, why would you trade your, you know, uh, second and 
fifth for that pick when literally your second rounder could rival it. And that, that's where I think the people that say, Smitty, why would you do that? I think they're right. Had I not been going after a first, second, or third overall pick, I could see their argument of why, Smitty, why would you trade your second and your fifth when that second can be very, very good? I don't think that second can rival, that second round pick can rival the first, second, or third overall pick. I just don't. I view those top three picks as super elite, worth giving up an entire pick in order to go get. That's my opinion on the top three overall picks. It changes when you get to the five, six, seven overall range. I think that you can make an argument. Of course, I want the five or six or seven overall pick well over the 18 overall draft selection in the second round. But I can make an argument that the guy I land in the second round could be as good as the player somebody's picking at six, seven, or eight. So therefore, you got to kind of step back from your own uh, urge to trade and urge to follow my plan of attack which is draft pick trading and trading up and, and and assess each pick a little differently. I can't tell you how many people, after they view a video of mine on draft pick trading or trading up or the two-headed or three-headed monster approach, I can't tell you how many times I get a message from somebody in a DM and they're like, Smitty, I did it. I did what you said. I went and got a three-headed monster. And then they list not even one of Barkley, Elliot, McCaffrey, you know, they may have Cook, they may have Cook, and they may have like uh, Chubb, and I'm I, and I like Cook and Chubb. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what I was mapping out when I described the two and three headed monster. The two and the two and three headed monster at least requires one of the top three running backs, or it's just not fitting the bill, or or looking anything like I'm trying to describe. That's worth giving up all the depth. Now, if you didn't give up near as much depth and you got Cook and Chubb or Cook and Henry or, you know, Elliot and Chubb, like that's that's awesome. You know, you can you can get close to a two or three headed monster without giving up the kind of depth that I'm giving up to get the two or three headed monster. So just understand the differences and all that. And don't think just because you have two big name running backs that you're going to compete with what I call the two or three headed monster. And just to clarify what exactly that is. So Barkley and Elliot would be a two headed monster. Barkley and McCaffrey would be a two headed monster in my opinion. And the three headed monster would be to trade all the remainder of your close you know, near early round value depth to get a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson. So it's kind of like a tripod of fantasy football goodness. You got the the Mahomey or the Lamar Jackson commanding the team from the quarterback spot and potentially top five overall player. Both those guys are per start. I like Mahomes. You might like Lamar. I like Lamar per start. I think Lamar and Mahomes are pretty damn close per start. But I do fear injury for Lamar, which is why I rank Mahomes ahead. But do I draw a line in the sand and eventually draft Lamar? I absolutely 100% do. My line in the sand is in the late second to early third round. Mahomes I'd take at 15. I'd take Mahomes at 14 overall. And you could rip on that all you want and say QB early is a mistake. I don't care. I've proven year after year you can dominate with this approach. So... You know, do what works for you, but don't make blanket statements for other people 
and say that drafting a QB early is bad. It's not. You guys hear me talk about that all the time. I don't need to, to beat a dead horse on that particular topic. But I will say that if you do decide to trade up draft pick-wise, I love getting two of the top 15 overall picks, and it really works well when you're handed the one, two, or three out of the hat. Okay, that kind of sums up. I know that was kind of scatterbrain-like, and there wasn't a lot of direction. (laughs) I kind of bounced all over the place on that. Hopefully, it wasn't too confusing either. Uh, But that's my take on draft pick trading uh, in general, you know, like what I'm looking to do. Am I looking to trade uh, my second and third rounder or second and fifth rounder for the number seven? No, because again, that second rounder could rival that seven or overall seven, six, eight overall pick. So just getting a first rounder isn't doing it. You can't just, oh, I got a first rounder in name. Well, is your first rounder really comparable to a second rounder? Is the number 11 overall really that much better than the 15? Maybe not. So, you know, Chubb at 12. I love Chubb. But Chubb at 12 and Kenyon Drake even at 3.01 is arguable, at least. I'm not saying I would take Drake above Chubb yet. But but it can get there with Drake for me. I'm just, I, I can't emphasize enough that you have to use ADP to your advantage, though. Right now, Drake is coming in around round three. In some cases, round four, I just did a dynasty startup, or I'm in the middle of it, I should say, and I got Drake in the fourth round. The bottom of the fourth round, heading into the fifth round. In another uh, draft that I'm in, he's available here in the fifth round, and I'm going to snag him. Yes, I'm doing early dynasty drafts. I, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I already have two dynasty drafts, real, not mocks, real drafts, money leagues. I'm already in two. That's how many leagues I do. I got to cut back. But but Drake, fourth and fifth round material right now, that's the current asking price for this guy, and it's a freaking bargain. And, and so make sure if you attack Drake in 2020, you are using your ADP data to your advantage. What I'm telling you is Drake quietly, secretly has the same kind of upside as a Chubb or a Julio Jones or a Mike Evans or anybody in that range. Anybody in that like 11 to you know 18 range, Drake has that kind of appeal. Uh, kind of like Eckler does. Eckler has some risk too because we don't know without Rivers who's going to laser lock onto this guy. If they sign Tom Brady somehow, I could see the value being pretty decent for Eckler, but I do worry that Eckler is going to see less receptions than we all hope. That's, you know, but point is Drake has the appeal, but take advantage. Okay. So I just went over draft pick trading in the sense that you're, you're trading up to get more big name players. You're getting rid of depth in order to accumulate two top 10, preferably two top three overall picks so you can get that two-headed monster or get three top 12 overall picks, whatever. That's that approach. My next approach is one simple trade, one simple move that I love to make in 2020. And I'm going to explain that after we pay the bills. Don't go anywhere. It's going to take 30 seconds. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next approach I like, and this is a drop pick trade type move, is where you go heavy at a, a position that you maybe don't want to because you're afraid of what people will think or you're you're listening to the regurgitated don't take Mahomes early when you can draft a QB late or don't go wide receiver, wide receiver, blah, 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 or don't go running back, running back you know, running back or whatever, this approach can work for anything, really. It, it, if you want to go in a different direction, but you don't have enough picks, this is one move. And it tends to work well when you trade up and get uh, a an, uh, Drake or an A.J. Brown or somebody like that. But if you, let's say, go Camara or let's say you go um, a- Adams, Devontae Adams in the first round, in the second round, you want to go Mahomes. And I love when people argue against me that Mahomes isn't worth a second rounder. I get it. Kyler Murray is just as good in some ways, not as Mahomes, but in terms of value and in terms of what you can do with your second rounder in getting Kyler Murray late. That approach is just as good. No one's as good as Mahomes. Maybe you could argue Lamar. But I worry about Lamar more than I worry about Mahomes. So Lamar's running 170 times a season. But if you go Adams and Mahomes, a strategy you can't really afford to do without a running back, right? You're you're worried about not having a top, you know, 10 running back. This is the move that allows you to, to, to do these creative second round, you know, draft selections that you probably stray away from. Because you run out of picks, you run out of opportunities to get that running back trade up. And you make one simple move. I mean, you could do two. I, I I don't stop at one. But move your fifth rounder up into the third round, the top of the third, and take like a Drake. And that affords you to do what you want to do with your second round pick and take the best player available in the first round instead of going, well, I need a running back. I have to take a running back. So you can walk out with an Adams, you know, or, or Hopkins, take your Mahomes and then have two third rounders and trade your fifth and your seventh or something like that to get a third rounder. And it oftentimes won't work unless you do a complete two for one. You have to sacrifice one pick because if you go to somebody and you go, Oh, I'll trade my fifth rounder up to your third and in compensation, um, I'll give you, you know, my eighth rounder for your 14th or something. They're going to walk away and go, why, why would I do that? I'm not benefiting much down the road. I'm not giving you my third round pick. Then what happens then is you've got them in a no mentality. And even if you come back with the offer, they would have originally accepted off of shock, pure shock of, Oh, I get an extra pick. Uh, I guess I better accept this now. They may say no to that trade because you've already got them in that no mentality and, and thinking of, nah, I'm going to see what's going on. I hate that approach, too. The people, that, that sentence, oh, I'm going to see what happens in the draft and I'll 
I'm not going to make any trades right now. Like no trades. I've decided I'm not going to make any trades right now at all. No matter what comes my way. I hate that stance. Everybody that loves to trade hates hearing that from, from the other owner. But that's the, that's the kind of environment you could create for yourself by offering trades that aren't enticing. And then you get them into that no mentality and that repetition of no. You're not going to get them back at that point. So do two for ones where they make sense and understand that you're sacrificing an entire pick. But you can also kick that problem down the road, as I call it, kick the can down the road. And let's say you get rid of a seventh and a fifth for a high third and you've gotten rid of your freaking seventh rounder. Well, you know what you can do? Trade your eighth and ninth for a six. And yeah, you're creating a bigger void, but you're kicking the problem down the road to the point where you don't even care about the picks that that you're going to have a hole at, you know, the void where those picks are, you don't even care. The the void in the eighth, ninth rounder, who gives a crap when the guys in like 11 and 12 are arguably just as good as the guys at eight and nine if you land your players. So that whole strategy is a whole nother like topic that I can go over. But kicking problems down the road in your draft essentially eliminates the problem entirely. Even when you're you're doubling the amount of picks you're missing, it doesn't matter. Because you're going to get them into a range where they're equal in value. Your 8th and 10th, your 8th and 12th. You can land guys in round 11 and 12 that are just as good as round 8 and 9. Um, that is not the case with 3rd rounders and 5th rounders. 3rd rounders compared to 5th and 6th rounders. 3rd rounders compared to 7th rounders. 3rd round is gold. 2nd round is gold. 1st round is, you know, double gold. And I personally... Let's, let's, let's use the example of Zeke. So you draft Zeke Elliott. You feel like, man, if I don't take a wide receiver in the second round, I'm going to be screwed. I can't take Mahomes. Well, you know what? Take Mahomes, take Zeke Elliott, and take Kenyon Drake. Okay? So this is perfect for my one trade, draft pick trade move to get yourself into a position that, you, that you're absolutely ecstatic about. So you, tra- you draft Elliott, you draft Mahomes, you draft Kenyon Drake. Then you trade your fifth and seventh rounder for a high third. You take someone like A.J. Brown or whoever you like to fill that that role. And then boom, you have the wide receiver you wanted. You traded your later picks and you filled that void. Now, if you don't like A.J. Brown, use a different player in that example. Or if you want to use like Drake as the example. So let's say you go Elliott, you go Mahomes. In the third round, you take... Melvin Gordon, whatever, and then, or let's, I'm sorry, let's use, uh, let's use a wide receiver like, um, trying to think of one that would make sense for this. Or even if we don't do the QB, I think a lot of people struggle with taking Mahomes early. So I want to make sure this, this, this uh, advice is relevant to everybody. So let's say you take Zeke Elliott, and then let's say you take, uh, uh, we'll throw out Mike Evans in the second round. Um, or, or it could be even like trying to think of a a player off the top of my head that would make sense for this one. Um, without ADP in front of me, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, able to give you, um, probably the, the best scenario. So apologize in advance here. Let's say it's Mike Evans. So you got Elliot, Mike Evans, and then in the third round, you take a Kenyon Drake. And let's say in the fourth round, you take A.J. Brown. Okay, so let's use that example. That's probably better. Elliot, Evans, Drake, 
A.J. Brown. Now you didn't get a chance to take Mahomes, right? So now what you do is you trade your fifth and your seventh to get that. You maybe even trade your fifth, seventh, and and eighth, and you're able to get that that low second round pick or that top of the third, and you take Mahomes or Lamar there. That one simple move, one simple draft pick trade got you into a team instead of having Elliott, Evans, A.J. Brown, and Drake. You now have Mahomes, Elliott, A.J. Brown, and Drake. And that's what I'm talking about, the difference. But when you trade that pick up, when you trade the fifth rounder up into the top of the third, or if you're lucky enough, the bottom of the second somehow, you got to make it count. Don't take the average player that you could maybe get the same kind of production out of in the fourth or fifth round. Like, it's possible, right? You know, an A.J. Brown could outscore anybody in the second round. Um, a Drake could outscore anybody in the second round. Don't Don't swing for... Don't swing for a player in that second round or third round that is kind of like equivalent to a player you find in the fourth round. Example would be Kittle, Mahomes, Lamar, Kelsey. These are all difference makers that warrant that trade you just made, that sacrifice you just made. You're looking for something different and unique that's going to separate your team from everybody else with this one move. And Mahomes fits the bill better than anybody. Kelsey and Kittle fit the bill better than anybody. That's what you do. So, again, Mahomes, Elliott, and you've traded up for Mahomes, Evans, A.J. Brown, Drake. That is a team that's going to dominate in 2020, and you did it with one simple move. All right, go get it, guys. Make some good trades. Subscribe to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. It's free. You just go on YouTube. You hit the subscribe button. You get alerted when I go live. How hard is that? Uh, Follow me on Instagram at the fantasy football show. Follow me on TikTok at the fantasy football show. Let's tear up 2020. What do you say? You're listening to the fantasy football show.